Hold it right there. Before we start the podcast today, I just want to say something. I know you're wondering what I want to say. I'm going to get to it in just a second. I'm just, I'm leading into it, okay? It's a big lead up, okay? Are you ready? Yes, you're nodding your head yes. Like, hurry up, get into it. Hurry up. Well, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. I really, really appreciate you being part of another podcast with me. It means so much. I'm having such a blast recording, making podcasts, doing weird transitions in between, making ads, and just so much other fun stuff. And I'm so grateful that you've taken the time to listen to these episodes, go through the news with me throughout the winter. It's a slow season. Go through yearly reviews with me. And I appreciate every single one of you guys for listening. And I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome in, guys, to another episode of Ball by Talk with me, Jay. Happy to be with you again today. Um, today, we're going to cover some news from around the last week. We're going to talk um, LA Dodgers yearly review, Seattle Mariners yearly review, as well as some Gold Glow winners. So, let's get right into it. Let's jump over to the news. And that was your interlude. So, let's see. There's a lot of league news this last week. Obviously, there was. More than that, this was supposed to come out on Monday, yesterday, but I uh, kind of fell behind. That's okay. It's life. Um, but no, really exciting news. Uh, the biggest probably uh, league news-wise is that MLB sent a memo to teams saying fans should social distance with masks, but vaccinations will not be required. This means the MLB is preparing for fans like you and me, to be at the ballpark again in 2021. Hooray. I am so happy about this. I think this is phenomenal. I I love this news. Um, Tampa Bay is already planning for having about 7,000 fans per home game. So, again, super exciting. I love it. Um, Let's see. Another interesting uh, tidbit of news, kind of go along with baseball, um, is that the Teams at the single-A and double-A levels will have their seasons postponed, mostly because they want to limit the amount of players in the spring training facilities all at once. Um, And, yeah, so basically the MLB players, AAA players will all be there for spring training. They'll compete. They'll get their time. They'll make the roster distinctions. They'll clean it all out. Double-A, single-A teams will come in and go from there kind of thing. Um, their season is expected to run until October 3rd, and no, there will be no uh, minor league playoffs this season. Let's see. Yes, the saddest news probably from this week was... Uh, the Dodgers announced the morning of the 13th that Hall of Fame manager Tommy Lasorda passed away um, on the 12th at 93 years old. Franchise said, in a franchise that celebrated such great legends of the game, no one wore the uniform. Em- no one who wore the uniform embodied the Dodgers spirit as much as Tommy Lasorda. President and CEO Stan Kasten said in a statement. A tireless welcome for baseball. His dedication to the sport and to the team he loved was unmatched. He was a champion who, at critical moments, seemingly willed his team to victory. The Dodgers and their fans will miss him terribly. Tommy is quite simply irreplaceable and unforgettable. Uh, we lost we lost another baseball great. Um, and condolences go out to the family, um, Dodger Nation, and all MLB fans. And that's, that's all the relevant news. Um, like I already covered, MLB Commissioner Robert Manfred, Rob Manfred told teams to expect spring training to begin on time in February. We're about 40 days out um, for 162-game regular season to occur. However, there's still no official yes or no on what's happening in terms of like the Universal DH, expanded playoffs, uh, Seven inning double headers run our second and uh and uh extra inning games to help it for pace of play. 
So it's it's crazy. We, we still don't have any of that set in stone, but we know that it's going to start on time. So I feel like a lot of this stuff will come before the season actually starts, before games start being played, once teams and players are actually in the facility. And then they'll be a little bit more willing to negotiate. That's just my take. That's what I see. Um, yeah, so that's the league news. Um, I'm, I'm just going to try to get through this news this week um, quick as I can. Um, so I can get into the year reviews and the Google of winners. Spend a little bit more time on that than usual. Um, so the NPB KBO signings uh, of signing MLB players is about 50. And added to that list is outfielder Stefan Romero, outfielder Rusny Castillo, and right-handed pitcher Wes Parsons. Um, Tomoyuki Sagano from the NPB and KBO Sungbom Na both went unsigned to MLB teams. Um, they'll both be available next winter for teams to bid on. Same kind of thing. It was really surprising that Sagano wasn't signed. He was asking for a four-year, $40 million deal right in that range. However, the Padres, Giants, Mets, Blue Jays, Red Sox, and Rangers were unable unable to sign him away. Um, however, he signed a four-year deal with the Yamari Giants, which is a one-year deal and three options. So he'll be available for the next three years. I I'm assuming if he has another great year, win another uh, version of the Cy Young in Japan, he will be a much more sought-after um, acquisition for MLB teams. Um, the White Sox got themselves a new closer in Liam Hendricks. They inked him to a three-year, $54 million guarantee. He's hands-down been the best reliever in baseball the last two years. Um, 1.66 ERA. 39 to 47 for saves, AO reliever of the year in 2020. I mean, I, I don't need to say anymore. Um, the Astros signed right-handed pitcher Rin Stanek to a one-year deal. Um, Washington Nationals signed outfielder Kyle Schwarber to a one-year $10 million deal. That includes $11 million mutual option for 2022. I, I really like the move um, for both sides here. I think... The bat of Schwarber fits nicely in the lineup with Soto and um, Robles and with Josh Bell. I, I just really like the signing. I think it makes a lot of sense for the team. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers signed infielder Daniel Robertson to a one-year split deal. He's a utility man. He can play both corner outfit spots. I think he'll be a great utility option for the Brewers. Um, and more of a veteran presence, which which they need a lot more of on that team, honestly. Uh, that's irrelevant now. It's crazy how much a week changes things. Um, you've probably seen um, that Fernando Tatis Jr. and the Padres have been mentioned as working on an extension. There's no for sure deal yet uh, from everything I read. There, Tatis is unsure if he wants to do a long-term deal right now. Um, the Padres are all about it. They're kind of going back and forth on length, dollars, and the most likely outcome right now is that it's a 10-year deal worth about 210 to $230 million. That's the best-case scenario. Um, obviously, they, he wishes the deal could be 11, 11 years, 320 mil. Uh, that's a big difference, but we'll, we'll really see um, what kind of happens. I, I don't think they'll negotiate beyond spring. Players don't really like negotiating their contracts beyond spring. Um, let's see. Just some, some notes. Um, Brad Hand's been talking to a bunch of teams. The um, Astros, White Sox, Dodgers, Blue Jays, and Mets. He, the Mets offered him a one-year deal, but he's seeking a two. Um Also, don't expect any of the DH guys to sign yet until there's a firm answer on the universal DH. So don't expect to hear anything about Nelson Cruz, Marcelo Zuna, or Michael Brantley yet. Um, something will come to fruition, but we'll, we'll see. We'll kind of see what happens still. Um, the Braves are looking for a left fielder. Uh, a lot of the options out there right now are Adam Duvall, Kevin Pillar, Alberto Moore Jr., and Cameron Mabin as well as Jock Peterson, who would probably be a little bit more expensive just because of the age and the, the power upside. Um, and even Ryan Braun, should he decide to play outside of Milwaukee. The Braves do like to give one-year contracts. 
um, to players. So it's, it's interesting here. Um, let's see. You haven't seen by now. Um, I thought I talked about this last time. I may not have. But the Mets acquired Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco from Cleveland for infielders. Uh, Andres Jimenez, shortstop Ahmed Rosario, right-handed pitcher Josh Wolf, and outfielder Isaiah Green. Obviously, the headline here is Francisco Lindor met Carlos Carrasco met. This team is ridiculous. They took a huge shot up in my power rankings um, that I started doing just because of this trade. And I absolutely love it for the Mets because now they'll have DeGrom, Carrasco, Stroman, um, Syndergaard when he comes back. Like, it's going to be hard to beat this team on paper. Um, Offensively, they're they're very sound. Pete Alonso, Francisco Lindor now, Jeff McNeil, um, Nemo, Conforto, McCann. Like it, this team is just very very sound, very very solid all around. And I think Lindor gives them enough to get this team past the Braves in the East. The Braves are still a great team, very tough. So it's going to be a very fun watch to see what kind of happens in the NL East this season. Um, but no, I'm, I'm really interested. I think it was great. I, I, a great trade all around both sides. Got a, a ton of upside Um the Indians or the Cleveland. Sorry. They're still known as the Indians. Um, with the trade, they're now projected to carry just a $40 million payroll into 2021. That's insane. And come the end of the season, they only have a club option on Jose Ramirez on the books. Oh, you heard that. You're a Cleveland, Cleveland fan. I'm sorry. It's, it's going to be rocky. Um, a couple other really small moves. The Cincinnati Reds acquired right-handed pitcher Art Warren from the Rangers in exchange for cash considerations. The Yankees acquired outfielder Greg Allen from the Padres in exchange for left-handed relief pitcher James Rivas. And the Phillies acquired Sam Coonrod from the Giants in exchange for pitching prospect Carson Ragsdale. Um, there's still tons of rumors, of course, as always. Um, not really many that are floating to the surface, but the most... Major ones, um, Cubs catcher uh, Wilson Contreras. I wouldn't be shocked if he's on a new team come the spring. Um, I love the fit with the Angels with Joe Madden. Well, Contreras was his World Series catcher. I love the fit. Um, even after Lindor trade, I haven't seen anything more about this, but the Mets talked to the Cubs about Chris Bryant. So that's, that's really interesting to see there. Um, I I doubt they actually swing a deal for Lindor and Bryant, especially now that arbitration settled and Bryant will cost about 18, 19, 20 million. I don't remember his exact arbitration number. Um, and they just settled with um, Lindor for the fourth highest. It was like 22 or $23 million in arbitration. So that's a lot of money. Um, but Cohen has deep pockets. So I wouldn't be surprised to see this club's payroll just, kind of balloon while also making these great baseball moves like they did here for Lindor. I mean, that's going to be a long-term move. They've already discussed the idea of an extension. Both sides are interested, so it's it's going to happen. Lindor, like many other players, like I was just saying, want to get these deals done before spring training or before the season starts officially. Keep an eye on that. Um, the Red Sox are talking Andrew Benintendi with a lot of teams. However, it's not like official he'll be moved, but it's Rival execs think he's going to be moved. They're, they're kind of past that point where they're they're so deep in the talks with moving him. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a trade swung for him. Um, a few teams that have called and kind of talked about him: um, Miami Marlins, Oakland A's, Houston Astros, and the Red. No, no, not the. Um, yeah, so those are just a few of the teams that have called and checked in on him. Um, the Reds are taking calls. That's where I got the Reds from. I, I was kind of skipping ahead on a second. Um, they're taking calls on third baseman Eugenio Suarez, out in second baseman Mike Moustakis, and outfielder Nick Castellanos. Um, really, only Eugenio Suarez has generated any interest, so we'll, we'll see. We're kind of just going to wait and see with the Reds. Um, let's see. Um, Colin McHugh threw in front of interested teams on the 16th. Uh, CJ Crone should be getting a deal any day now. He's one of the better first base options on the market. Um, yeah, uh, 
Oh, this is another interesting one. Really interesting one. Um, the Red Sox starting pitcher Chris Sale could take the mound sometime in January for the first time since his Tommy John surgery last March. Uh, he's made great progress in his rehab from that surgery. The Red Sox are going to keep it slow, though. They have sailed for a long time. They don't want to rush him back and have another injury or even something career-ending. So don't expect to see sail on the mound. It, it's way too premature to be assuming that, and I really don't think it's going to happen. Um, just if you kind of understand how Tommy John works, they usually miss a full season after that. Like Luis Severino, he's on track, but he probably won't. The Yankees' Luis Severino, his surgery was in August, so he's pretty much on track for August of this year. Um so yeah, they usually miss a full season. Plus, where like it's a long recovery from Tommy John. Um, it's I mean, there's a repair ligaments, have to relearn their motion, build up the arm strength again, and all the muscles surrounding it. It's it's a complicated recovery process. Um, and then the only prospect buzz I got for you guys this week, um, Bradley Blaylock. He was drafted in the 32nd round in 2019 by the Boston Red Sox. He's put on 10 pounds of muscle and 6 miles per hour on his fastball. He's now clocking in the mid to upper 90s. Um, he, he's going to be at spring training, guys. Red Sox fans, um, he's 20 years old. Keep your eyes open. Let's just say that much. Uh, another name to pay attention to, I kind of went Red Sox heavy here. These last three things, but um, Nick York, he's... One of those guys that's just really, really good. Um, bat speed, pitch recognition, discipline are all plus strengths of his. Um, he was the 17th overall selection in the most in 2020. Uh, he profiles to become a 20 home run, 300 um, batting average type of player. I honestly don't care about batting average. Show me the OBP. I want to see what kind of player gets on base. Batting average is cool, but it doesn't tell me about getting on base. Great ball players get on base, and that's enough to it. Batting average is an outdated stat. Um, let's see here. So that's all the news for this week. Again, Around the Horn comes out every Wednesday, uh, so check that out. There's a big one coming out tomorrow with a ton of news that happened um, this week. There's no shortage right now. Closer and closer we get to spending, the more and more there'll be, and it's awesome. I love it every day. Um, so with that, let's jump into the yearly reviews. Oh my gosh, what is that smell? Hey, Joel, what are you cooking? Oh, me? I'm just over here cooking with some Danos. Danos? What is Danos? Well, my friend, you don't know till you Dano. That's literally what I asked, but what is it? What is Danos? Is it like some Kentucky seasoning? Actually, yeah, it is. Um... Weird that you asked that. But Danos, no sugar, low sodium, all natural ingredients, all good stuff inside of this bottle right here. You can never use too much because it's made with real sea salt, fresh ingredients, no crap, no MSG, no glucose, it's gluten free. And let me tell you, I put that Danos on everything. And I did not know until I Danoed. And my life has never been the same. My cooking has not been the same. Nothing has been the same. And that amazing smell you're smelling is just Danos. Wow, dude, what can you put it on? Like I said, you can put it on anything. Chicken, steak, pork, ribs. You can put it in your soup. You can put it in your clam chowder. You can put it in your chicken noodle soup. You can put it on your tacos. You can put it in your taco meat. You can, you can, Dano put that stuff on everything. Wow. Dude, where can I get some of this? Here, let me tell you real quick. You can go to theballboyblog.com slash my dash deals page. Alright, I'm following, I'm following, and then what? I'm here on the page right now. Click the link that says Dano's. Okay, okay. Click the link that says Dano's. It took, did it take you to the site? Yeah, yeah, it took me to the site. Oh my goodness, these are great that's such a beautiful packaging i'm ordering some right now awesome well since you clicked the link you let them know i sent you if you don't click the link and you decide to go straight over to danos.com 
Just put in the code BALLBOY at checkout to let them know I sent you. You can thank me later. And yeah, that's all there is to it. And like I said, you don't know until you dano. And we finally made it to the last playoff team. The last playoff team we're going to talk about, the LA Dodgers, um, World Series champs. These guys were just <laughs> incredible. Um, the only move they made during the season was to trade right-handed pitcher Ross Stripling and a player to be named later to the Blue Jays for a player to be named later. Um, so they flipped him for basically nothing, and it didn't really hurt them. I mean, they won the World Series in six games. They got Mookie Betts, who won his fifth gold glove. They gave him a life contract for the rest of his life. They won 43 games. Kershaw redeemed his legacy in the postseason. I mean, what more could you have loved about the the 2020 Dodgers? Just storyline. They were they were great. They were so awesome. They're phenomenal. Um, let's see. Offensively, uh, Mookie Betts 3.4 3. 4 WAR 366 OBP. Corey Seager 1.9 WAR 358 OBP. Cody Bellinger making great plays in the outfield, um, a center field. Uh, 1.4 war, 333 OBP. Chris Taylor, 1.8 war. Justin Turner, 1.3 war. Will Smith, 1.3 war, 401 OBP. The offense as a whole, slashed 8, 256, 338, 483, and 821 OPS. The league average player team should be about 720, 730 OPS. 821 OPS. They were elite. They were so good offensively, and they're, they're even better going into this next season, which is hard to think about. Um, the pitching was great. Kershaw, 2.16 ERA, 1.7 war. Opponents hit 191 against him. Dustin May, also phenomenal, 257 ERA, 1.4 war. Julio Urias, excellent in the regular season and postseason, 3.27 ERA with a 1-1 one, one war. Tony Gonsolin, 2.31 ERA, 1.3 war. Again, great. Bueller, 3.44 ERA, 0.3 war. Great. The pitching staff as a whole, 3.02 ERA, 1.06 whip, and a 2.13 opponent batting against. Like, like what? What? How? How? The Dodgers were, were this good. They were so good. You take 43, multiply that by 2.7. You get an absurd amount of wins. I mean, let me tell you, what they did was not was not easy to do, um, and how they did it, and how just dominant they were all year. They great managing, great coaching, um, where it was incredible. So if they would have stayed on this pace, multiply it by two point seven, each game carried about two point seven times the weight. They would have won one hundred and sixteen games. They would have broken the MLB record for most wins in a season. Yeah. Um, wow, that's how good they were. So what did we not love? Um, Kershaw didn't get the last out of the World Series like we all thought he was going to. I mean, there there was nothing not to love about the 2020 Dodgers. They were phenomenal. Um, biggest takeaway was that Mookie Betts showed us all why he got that 12-year contract. What he brings to the Dodgers the intangibles, everything. And I would honestly say they're already getting the return on their investment. Uh, as long as they get one to three more of these trips to the World Series in the next 11 years, which they which they guarantee will, I have no doubt that they're going to win probably next year and probably three of the next five they'll be there. Um, I mean, don't count out the Padres, but I mean, the Dodgers are just on a different level. Um, so yeah, they would have won just, I mean, just the way they would have won and just been able to keep winning was ridiculous. Just, they were just so good. It, I just can't get over how good they would have been. They would have broke the MLB record for game wins in a regular season. Um, incredible. Um. What's next for the Dodgers in 2021? Well, they've already started to reboost or retool the lineup, retool the roster. 
slowly but surely um keeping tra training and making a couple signings here and there um signing for next year for the bullpen however they still have a glaring need at third base they haven't re-signed justin turner he's looking for a four-year deal the dodgers only really want to pay two they could trade for chris bryant or nolan arenado for the hot corner both would be great both have been rumored uh they could go someone like marcus Semyon and kind of prepare not only for the short term third base but also for if uh Corey Seager is to leave after next season uh, as part of the mega shortstop shortstop class, but they, they don't have much, much to, any holes to fill really on the roster. So they're they're primed for 2021 to repeat. I mean, band is back together. Band is staying together. No coaching changes. No pitching changes. No nothing huge, barring major catastrophic injuries. Knock on wood. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I don't see the judges re not repeating in 2021 as, as world champs. I'm going to put that right, put that right now on um, 1, 19, 1 o'clock in the morning. Oh, I just let you guys know when I record. Um, that's embarrassing. Um, but no, Dodgers are repeating in 2021. I, I have no doubt. So that was the Dodgers. Now we're into the... So we, we already talked the teams who were in the playoffs. We talked wild card teams. We've talked all the playoff teams now. Now we get to get into the teams who were not on the who were just on the edge of the playoffs and kind of work our way back. Um, so now we have the bottom half of the league basically. And wouldn't you know it, my beloved Seattle Mariners were are at the top of this list. Believe it or not. I mean, you got the Padres, the A's, the Marlins, the Yankees, the Cardinals, the White Sox, the Cubs, the Twins, the Reds, the Blue Jays, Brewers, Indians, Giants, Braves, Astros, Dodgers, Rays, all ahead of them. And then the Mariners are right there. Like, this team is a sleeping giant in the AL West. And the AL West is so weak right now. Don't I'm a Mariners fan, so this might sound incredibly biased because it is. But that's just the way it is. Homer bias. I'm sorry. It's, it's a thing. Um, let's see. What moves did they make in 2020? Um, they designated first baseman Dan Lago back for assignment, traded him to the Blue Jays for cash, um, and then they DFA'd him and traded him, um, oh, released him, and then he finished the season with the Brewers. Um they signed Taiwan Walker going into the season, traded him to the Blue Jays for a player to be in later. I was hoping they would stick around, but the, the rotation was solid when they did it with Justice Sheffield, Justin Dunn, Nick Margavis-Kiss. Um, so it wasn't, wasn't a big deal. And then they made a big trade with the Padres. In this trade, I think the Mariners won all in all. Um, they traded Austin Adams. Okay. Austin Nola, a little sad there, but okay. Dan Altavilla, okay. To the Padres for right-handed pitcher Andrew and Andres Munoz, catcher Luis Torres, Taylor Trammell, and third baseman Ty France. Um, Austin Nola's been a great fielder story the last couple of years. Made his MLB debut. He's been phenomenal at the plate. Uh, just fantastic. Big fan of Austin Nola's. He's one of my top fantasy baseball catchers going into this next season. Um... But yeah, they got they got Ty France at second base or third base, wherever he ends up. He's he's gonna be great. He has a great bat, great play discipline. I loved everything I saw from France in 2020. We're really excited for him in 2021. Um so outside of the moves, what do we love about the Mariners in 2020? Um they weren't the last place team in the AL West. They finished third with a 27-33 record. Um, two gold gloves, Evan White and J.P. Crawford, both winning gold gloves at first base and shortstop. Uh, Kyle Lewis took home rookie of the year. Um, so we, we saw exactly what this team has been being built for. Um, we love the breakout from Dylan Moore before the injury. Uh, but he was fantastic. 
what this this team is exactly what Depoto said it was going to be at this point, like exactly to the T. He's he's kept his word. He's stuck to the plan. He's executed that plan at a high level. And AL West teams, fans of other AL West teams, unless you're the Angels, be a little worried about what what we got going on here, in Seattle. Uh, I know we say it every year, but honestly, it's different this time. Um, we had the last thing that, that we love before I get into the not, not so loved, um, Justice Sheffield, 3.48 ERA, second among rookies, 48K, six among rookies, four wins, a 1.6 F4, first among AL rookies, um, 0.33 home runs per nine, first among AL rookies. Um, all that during 55.1 innings pitch, which was third among AL rookies. Um, to say the least, he was fantastic and will be a great option behind Marco Gonzalez, who also had a fantastic year leading the, the Young Mariners rotation. What do we not love? Um, well, not making the playoffs. We were close. We were like two games away and we would have made it and broke our drought and went on to win the World Series. I'm just saying, I'm just saying what happened. Um, but no, seriously, um, Yusuke Kikuchi, I, I'm having a hard time believing still, but I believe, I believe, and here's why, three home runs and 47 innings pitch this season. There's, there's some great numbers underneath the surface when you look past the ERA. The ERA is bad, but... If you look past the ERA, the numbers are are pretty elite. When in terms of spin rate, home runs per, th- I mean, three home runs over forty-seven innings pitch—that's ridiculous. Um, fastball velocity went up. I, I'm not sold yet on Kikuchi. I want to see it this year across another full season if he can duplicate some of these because those numbers will all adjust um, with with more innings pitch. But I mean. The numbers are there underneath the surfaces. The ERA is a balloon, but look past the ERA, you got a, a top-notch pitcher. So, um, excited to see what Kikuchi does in 2021. Um, a couple more things we didn't love about the Mariners in 2020: uh, team 226 batting average, or the team's 498 ERA. Um, those are just a little bad. I mean, you can't win a lot of games when your staff is giving up five runs a game. It's just it's just hard, and you're only hitting 226. Um, but that's exactly about what we thought. You know, Mariner fans, we're not expecting anything great, but that's about what we expected this season, I would say. Um, we didn't see Julio Rodriguez. He got hurt in spring training. He never made his way back. He stayed in the 69 player pool, though. Um, Jared Kelnick, he should be the 2021 Rookie of the Year. Again, a lot of homer bias, but Kelnick, he's going to be part of the Mariners in 2020. One and he's going to be a huge part and just fantastic. Um, so what's the big takeaway? Well, the movement, the the rebuild is is going to plan. Um, Kyle Seager, he's in the last year of his contract. I would not be surprised if the Mariners, if a productive year, not MVP level production, but productive enough to justify resigning him as the, the veteran presence on the field. I can see it happening. I, I really can. Um, Marco Gonzalez was fantastic. I mean, both these guys are the vets of the team and just fantastic. Um, they're, neither of them are going to get traded. Um, we, we saw exactly what we were expecting from Justice Sheffield, Justin Dunn, Kyle Lewis, Evan White, J.P. Crawford, Ty France, Jose Marmalojas, and the rest of the team. We saw exactly what we wanted. The AOS, the power shifting, the Astros lost their, lost their fire, Reddick, Springer, Brantley. They still have a great team, but their rotation's not what it was. Their bullpen's not what it was um, during that World Series run and those great, those few great years. Um, the Rangers are rebuilding, so you can basically slot them for fifth. The A's are just the A's. They're, they're good regardless. And then you have the Angels who are, who are, who are building. Um, and they're they're close. They're really close. So the power shifting the Mariners have so much money to spend. Like they honestly in 2018, I believe I read that they had like 189 million dollar opening day payroll. 
Going into 2021, they have a $77 million opening day payroll. Going into 2022, they have like a $50 million payroll. It's insane the drop-off in payroll and how much money this team has to spend on big-name free agents. Um, which leads me into what's next. Um, you know, there's there's still plenty of rotation options out there. DePoto said at the beginning of the winter he planned to sign three to four relief pitchers. I believe he signed two, but they're both kind of in between. Um, Swingman, like Graveman's back, um, Flexen. Um, but they've been in talks with, like, Soria and Joaquim Soria, I mean, that's who. Um, but really, I mean, get someone on the books. There's money there. Build around them. Trevor Bauer, you know, Masahiro Tanaka for 2021, 2020. Um, you know, no, no, not George Springer, because we, we have plenty of outfielders. We're fine. Um, but... I mean, they can get aggressive and they could win right now, but I don't think it's time yet, guys. Mariners fans, end of season 2022, we're going to make a splash in the free agent market. Mariners are, that is, and they're going to the World Series in 2023 or 2024 or both. But by 2025, they will have, 2023, they will have broken their playoff drought. Because the rebuild's going exactly to plan. 2023, Mariners break, break their playoff drought. Um, let's see. The talent is, is getting there, too. I mean, um, Julio Rodriguez, Kilnick, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby. Um, Mitch Hanniger's coming back. Tom Murphy's coming back from injury. Just a lot of these guys are coming back from injury, and it's awesome. Perfect timing. And we couldn't ask for much more. But, yeah. Mariners 2023 playoffs World Series 2024. And with that, let's jump over to the gold gloves and Hey Joel. Yo, what's up, Joel? Hey, what are you drinking over there? Oh, nothing. It's nothing. You probably you probably would love it if you had it. What is it? I want some. Oh, it's Ray's Energy. It's amazing. 300 milligrams caffeine, no sugar, no carbs, no crap. Just amazing, clean, fresh energy for you to drink. What, dude? No way. Let me try that. And what do you think? Dude, where have this been in my life? Where can I get some? How do I get some? Awesome question. Let me tell you. You can get some of that delicious drink over at theballboyblog.com backslash my-deals. You go on down, you go to the link that says Rep Sports Raise Energy. Click it, go to their page, order as many cases as your heart desires, and then boom, go check out, put in the code BALLBOY to say 15%. 15%? No way! That's awesome! Yeah, I know, it is. So yeah, what are you waiting for? And Go order some. I just did on my phone right now. I ordered the Baja Lime, the Mango Guava, the Watermelon, the Galaxy Burst, the Phantom Freeze, the Apollo, and I'm so excited to try all of them. Dude, that's only scratching the surface. You still got Sour Gummy Worm, Grape Gummy Worm. You still have Strawberry Colada, and I believe that's about it, actually. You got all of them. Good job. So, yeah. Order, 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 order. Use my code. It'll save you a headache, literally. (laughs) See what I did there? But regardless, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. And please, go be like my friend and go get yourself some raised energy. What are you waiting for? All right, into the Gold Glove winners. So this is the last little segment we'll talk about. Uh, so I just going to explain what the Gold Glove Award um, is. MLB's award for best defenders at each position. The several metrics they go off, the main ones I'm going to look at are fielding percentage, usually about a 990 or higher for most winners, defensive run saved, 15 and 20, and ultimate zone rating, plus 10. And these are just kind of average stats. Um... The, each position is going to be different depending on the position. Some are harder than others. Um, 
So starting the American League. Oh, and I'm going to say if there's any snubs. Anyone I thought should have won that did it. Um, so Griffin Canning, he was the winner at the pitcher position. 938 fielding percentage. 11 defensive run saves. 1 air. And only 4 stolen bases against him. Um, yeah, he was he, he won it. He won it over Kenta Maeda and Zach Plesak. Um, at catcher, um, Indians Roberto Perez won it. Um, he posted a perfect fielding percentage of 1.00, six defensive run saves, zero passed balls, and caught 71% of batter stealing. Um, he didn't do much with the bat, but he was amazing behind the plate. He beat out Yasmani Grandal and James McCann of the White Sox. First base, Evan White of the Mariners took it home. Um, he wasn't great with the bat by any means, but he only had he only gave up one error, a .998 fielding percentage, seven defensive run saves. Um, it was easy to say that he won it over the over Yuli Gurriel of the Astros and Matt Olson of the A's. They, they're all in the ALS. I just noticed that. Uh, let's see. Uh, second base, Cesar Hernandez of the Indians also won a gold glove. Um, he committed four errors and posted a 981 fielding percentage to six defensive runs saved. Mm, this one I thought should have gone to Nicky Lopez of the Royals. 991 fielding percentage, eight defensive runs saved. However, he did not play the enough of second base. He played shortstop and third base. Um, he posted two errors, but yeah, I think that. I think that meant or. Lopez was shut or snubbed. And then you also have Danny Mendick uh, as well, who was a third place finish. Um, and Jonathan Scope with the Tigers. Nicky Lopez should have won the award. Just saying. Uh, third base, Isaiah Kinner Falafea, Rangers. He won. Um, he posted a perfect fielding percentage, zero errors given up, three defensive runs saved. Um, he won it over Yo Moncada and Gio Urshela of the Yankees, Moncada of the White Sox. I think Urshela should have won this award. Just saying. I mean, he won air, 922 fielding percentage, and six defensive runs saved. I mean, he played in 58 games, or Falafeo played in 58 games, Urshela only played in 43. However, the six defensive runs saved with a one error on a better team. Um, you know, that I don't know. I, I really think Rochelle should have won the third base award. Shortstop, J.P. Crawford. Um, he was solid. He made so many great highlight real plays. Uh, committed three errors, 986 fielding percentage, six defensive runs saved. Shortstop's the toughest position on the diamond after third base, and it's a, it's a tough position. Uh, he won the award over Carlos Correa of the Astros and Nico Goodrum of the Tigers. In left field, uh, Alex Gordon won the award of the Royals. He also won the AL Platinum Glove, which is a second in his career. Um, Gordon called it a career after this season. Um, he should be strongly considered for the Hall of Fame. He, I mean, eight gold gloves now, World Series title. Um as well, but zero zero errors, perfect fielding percentage, one defensive run saved. Uh, he won the award over Laurie Otis, Gurriel Jr. of the Blue Jays, and Kyle Tucker of the Astros. Center field, Luis Robert won the award. Um, Robert was fantastic. He lived up to every bit of hype. He played in 56 games. He committed one error, 994 fielding percentage, and eight defensive runs saved. He won the award over Byron Buxton, who... He had 11 defensive run saves and a perfect fielding percentage, rolling in 39 games. And the A's, Ramon Moreno, who zero runs, perfect fielding percentage, only five defensive runs saved in the 53 games. So it was close. Um, there's an argument for the other two, but Robert with most games, uh, most second most defensive runs saved and a slightly lower fielding percentage in center field kind of give me enough to what I need. Um, right field, Joey Gallo won it for the Rangers. Um, he played in 56 games, zero errors, perfect fielding percentage, um, and 12 defensive run saves, which was the second highest in all of baseball, only behind Nolan Arenado's 15. 
Um, he won the award over Yankees center fielder Clint Frazier and or right fielder Clint Frazier and Orioles right fielder Anthony Santander. Let's jump over to the National League now. Uh, over in the National League, you're going to hear a lot of Cubs. They had seven finalists at six different positions. Crazy to think that they blew it up. They're blowing it up. Kind of. Not really. But regard different subject. Nah, uh, different time. Um, Max Fried won the award for the pitcher. Um... 941 fielding percentage, one earned run, but six defensive runs saved. Um, Hendricks, he won the award over Kyle Hendricks of the Cubs and Alex Mills of the Cubs. Um, both only had three de- three defensive runs saved. So that's kind of where the drop-off was. Um, Tucker Barnhart of the Reds, um, he played in 36 games. He committed zero errors, perfect fielding percentage, two pass balls, caught 36, sent a runner stealing. Um, Wilson Contreras of the Cubs and Jacob Stallings were the other two finishers. Mm, this one was close. None of the... Mm, I think this one probably should have gone to someone like Contreras. Um, I mean, two errors, but 994 fielding percentage, one defensive run save, 35% of batters. So it's close. Um, the errors really kind of did it. It was, looks like it was a deciding factor. Stallings had four four errors, uh, 990 fielding percentage, seven defensive run saved, and threw out 33% of base runners. So... You know, one metric can really sway the whole vote. Uh, let's see. First base, Anthony Rizzo won the award. Um, he committed one error, 998 fielding percentage with three defensive runs saved. He won the award over Brandon Bell and Paul Goldschmidt. Um, second base award, Colton Wong with the Cardinals. Uh, let's see. This is back-to-back years. He committed two errors with a 989 fielding percentage and six defensive runs saved. Uh, he is phenomenal. Um, it's too bad he's a free agent. The Cardinals haven't re-signed me yet. They should have picked up his option. He won the award over Pirates, Adam Frazier, and Cub Nico Horner. At third base, um, I mean, I think I already said who, but Noel Arenado, he won his eighth consecutive gold glove. Eighth consecutive gold glove. Fourth consecutive platinum glove. I mean... He has an ultimate zone rating of 9.3. Uh, defensive run saved with 15. I, I, do, do, do I need to say anything else? Um, he's the best third baseman in baseball. There you go. He won the award over Brian Anderson and Manny Machado. Both had really solid years. Um, shortstop Javier Baez of the Cubs won the award. Um, he played in 56 games. He committed eight errors. While only having a .98 fielding percentage, 968 fielding percentage, and seven defensive runs saved, this one was a snub. Dansby Swanson should have been the, the winner of the award. He played in all 60 games. He committed two errors while posting a 991 fielding percentage and 10 defensive runs saved. It wasn't even close in my eyes that Swanson should have been the winner. I mean, 10 defensive runs saved, all six games, two errors. I don't know what they were thinking, but Baez was not the Gold Glove winner at shortstop. Um, left field, Tyler O'Neill of the Cardinals won the award. Um, he played in 48 games in left field, committing zero errors and having a perfect fielding percentage and nine defensive runs saved. He won the award over Shogo Akiyama of the Shogo Akiyama of the Reds and David Peralta of the D-backs. So, great job to O'Neal. I'll take that one as a win for the Mariners. Um, center field, Trent Grisham won the award. Grisham was very good at the plate in 2020. Um, hitting... Oh, that's the plate. We're not talking about the plate. I'm sorry. Um, in the actual post, I put their offensive stats if they were the winner. Um Let's see. He won the he won the award. Uh, he played in fifty nine games, committed two errors, nine eighty six fielding percentage, and seven defensive run saves. He won the award over Robin Acuna Jr. and Cody Bellinger of the Dodgers. So he was in some stiff competition for that award. 
but both those guys only played in 34 and 39 games respectively in that position. So makes sense. Uh, Mookie Betts rounds us out here as the winner of the right field award. I mean, he played 52 games in right field. He committed four errors, 966 field percentage, and 11 defensive runs saved. He won the award over Charlie Blackman, who had zero errors, perfect field percentage, and negative one defensive run saved. And Jason Hayward, he played in 50 games, zero errors, perfect field percentage, and one defensive run saved. So that that does it for us today, guys. Um, I just want to say thank you guys for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Um, and yeah, uh, as you if you haven't seen yet, we have a bunch of ball boy talks, a bunch of in my opinions. We have power rankings coming out every Monday now, along with the podcast. We have news coming out every Wednesday, and right now we have every Friday either the best of series, which is the best players in the in their division, um, most exciting. Guys who are on their way to Cooperstown and guys who are locked for Cooperstown, as well as my fantasy fantasy rankings per position coming out. Um, some of those are already live on the website, which you can go check out at any time you want at thepublicblog.com. Um, and just scroll, read to your heart's content, and listen to the podcast at your heart's content. Um, I want to thank everyone. We did go over 125 listens this week. Um, I know it's not a lot because we just barely hit 100 last week, but I'm really happy. We're on the road to 200. Let's keep getting there. Um, and then just keep going from there. I love doing this. It's so much fun. Maybe someday I'll have a co-host. That's the dream. Um, and not be recording at 1 in the morning. But regardless, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. I do appreciate it. I love it so much. Um, make sure you share the blog, the website, the podcast with a friend, family member, anyone who loves baseball. And until next time, go Mariners.